sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Micaiah was on for Bible reading, and he's not here, so I guess I'll take his place. Let's read uh, from Psalms 37. It's a pretty long chapter, though. I don't think I'm going to read it all. In fact, (laughs) I didn't realize it was that long. I guess we'll just go right into the sermon then, which is actually, uh, I'm going to pick out a number of verses in this chapter, this psalm, so you can just stay there. As I was thinking of preparing a message this past week, a subject came to mind that I thought, well, that's probably something that would be good to look at. So I was thinking about the subject and kept thinking about it, and it kept getting bigger and bigger, and boy, it affects every area of life, and oh my, I don't know, this is just an awful big subject. And it's found in um, Matthew 5, verse 5, which says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness is what I was thinking about. But unfortunately, when I went to put my thoughts on paper, they didn't quite all fit together like I thought they might, and I don't know that I'm going to do, I'm sure I won't do justice to this subject, which is often the way it goes when you think about something and then try to preach about it, it doesn't come out quite like your thoughts are. So that's what Jesus was saying there on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now the question we could ask, is this a command? Or is this just a a promise that God gave, if you decide to be meek, you'll inherit the earth? Like it's maybe optional or something. What if I don't really care to inherit the earth? It's not a big deal to me if I inherit the earth or not, so does that mean that I don't really have to uh, press in to try to be meek? there's uh, certain things about meekness that are kind of difficult for the flesh to handle. In fact, maybe quite a few things. Kind of hard on self, so it would be easier to just bypass this and say, well, I don't care if I get the earth or not. But if we look in Colossians 3.12, there's a list of things that we're supposed to put on. Earlier in the chapter, it talked about things we're supposed to put off. A lot of bad things to put off, but now put on these things, and one of those is meekness. So I would take that as a command that God says, yes, put on meekness. And as you go through a list of those things, it says uh, tenderness, uh, mercies, humbleness of mind, meekness, a list of a whole bunch of things. But as I studied about meekness, 
it almost seems like, what else do you need? If you really, really realize what meekness is, what else do we need? <clears throat> or on the other hand, maybe inheriting the earth sounds pretty exciting to us. That would really be something to inherit the earth. What do we need to do to inherit the earth? Let's, let's see what we need to do. Well, if you have that kind of an attitude, you won't even get started because that's not meekness. That's selfishness. <clears throat> Another interesting thing is that in this chapter, Psalms 37, verse 11, it says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Almost the same phrase there, the meek shall inherit the earth. And for me, if a verse is repeated several times in the Bible, it seems to have more meaning. I don't know if it should or not, but that's what it seems like. The same phrase, the meek shall inherit the earth. And as we go through this psalm, there's a bunch of other verses that would indicate the same thing. Verse 9 says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And in verse 22, For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Verse 29, The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. And in verse 34, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I find it interesting that it was repeated that often in this chapter. The same thought of the righteous inheriting the earth. <clears throat> I don't understand how, how the inheriting part will be, if it's literal or figurative, maybe some of both, I'm not sure. But one thing I'm sure about is that those that will inherit, those, no, how should I say, the reward of meekness will far exceed the reward of those who are not meek. It will be extremely much better. <laughs> I want to say it that way. <clears throat> now, how does meekness work out in the business world. You know, the business world is pretty competitive. And if you're going to exercise meekness in the business world, aren't you just going to get run over? You'll end up with nothing or very little. And that might be the case. So for the meek to inherit the earth seems opposite of what we would think of. The meek will get run over and the aggressive will inherit the earth. <clears throat> But this is God's promise, and it's definitely true. The meek will inherit the earth. And if you really stop and think about it, how many meek people could inherit the earth? There could be a lot of meek people inherit the earth. But if we turn that around and say how many proud and greedy people would inherit the earth, there would only be one, right? The rest of them would all be fighting. <clears throat> Okay, so what actually is a meek person? What constitutes a meek spirit? We're not talking about uh, 
a natural quietness that some people are just naturally more less aggressive and laid back and have some of the qualities of meekness. <clears throat> but that's not a natural, this meekness is not a natural character trait. Because sooner or later, even those people will end up in a situation where um, meekness is thrown out the window. A meek spirit is a spirit of goodwill and mercy, is placid and calm amidst the vexation and cares of life. Doesn't get all stirred up about bad situations. Is easily entreated and submissive. It's not somebody that will defend themselves when, when something is brought to them. Is forbearing and forgiving and bows to the rod of affliction. That can be a big one, bowing to the rod of affliction. When things don't go our way, then how do we respond? I was thinking of meekness compared to a well-trained workhorse. You know, workhorses are big. They're just plain old big. And they have a lot of power. When you stand, they stand there, you can see the muscles in their legs and just a huge animal. But it's standing there quiet and submissive because it's well-trained. That power will only be used by direction from the master. When the master says go, it will put all its power into pulling the plow or whatever it's hooked to but not until the master says go. So it's obvious that meekness is not weakness when you think of it as a workhorse, but it is power under control. Psalms 25.9 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. A meek person is someone that listens for instructions and is willing to be guided. Another thing about meekness is that you can't really see it until you're in trouble, until difficulties come. If you put two horses out to pasture, they look just the same. When they're out away from everybody, they look just the same. One can be perfectly trained and the other one not trained at all, but you can't tell it until you try to put a harness on. And suddenly there will be a big difference. The one is meek, well-trained, and ready to listen to instruction. And the other one is proud and wants to take his own way, won't listen to anything. Well, that's the way meekness is. It's most evident when circumstances are most contrary. Now, if we look at an example in the Bible of a meek man... I suppose a lot of you would think of Moses, which is very true. It says, Moses was meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, I'm not sure how this all works because it was found in Numbers, who uh, the book was supposedly written by Moses. So did he say this of himself? I don't know. The verse was in parentheses like somebody else put it in but regardless that's the truth 
Moses was the meekest man. And it was said in relation to when Miriam and Aaron were telling Moses that, now wait a minute, God can talk to us as well as you too. And it says that God heard it. And he said, okay, Aaron and Miriam and Moses, you come all out and I'm going to talk to you. And then he told uh, Miriam and Aaron that normally a prophet, God talks to prophets in visions and dreams, but my servant Moses, I talk to him face to face because he is faithful in all his house. It says, Moses is faithful in all mine house. Moses was listening. He was obedient, even though he had lots of power. He was one that could throw down sticks and they turn into snakes. He could throw sticks into a pool of water and it becomes good to drink. He could do all kinds of miracles, but he was faithful in all God's house. He was obedient. And that's an important part of meekness. And then also Christ, very similar. Christ said he was meek and lowly in heart. Of course, we have no better example than Christ. But he said numerous times, I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. I come to do thy will, O God. Even though he had all power, but he was humble and listening for God's will. So true meekness is surrender and obedience to the will of God. Surrender to whatever circumstances God brings to us. Being convinced that all things work together for good to those that love God. And all things is a big word or includes so much stuff. What all does include? It includes all things, right? (laughs) We could say all things includes but is not limited to. Did you ever hear that phrase before? Sickness. Accidents, financial setbacks, mistreatments, misunderstandings, relationship issues. And on and on we could go. So if we are convinced that everything that God brings to us works out for good, that's what meekness does for us. Meekness does not react to these things, but sees that God is in control, surrendering again to God and allowing him to have his way. And the obedience part, obedience to whatever God asks of us. Surrender, sometimes we don't have much choice what comes to us, those issues. Obedience is actively submitting ourselves to God's will. Obedience is doing what he asks of us. Realizing that God speaks through his word, his spirit, other people and circumstances. Those are the main ways that God speaks to us. Meekness eagerly listens for all these ways to hear what God is saying. There's some things that we like to hear better. We like to listen to better than others maybe. And there are some things that are more important. When God speaks through his word, that is the ultimate authority. God uses his spirit to illuminate his word. <clears throat> Everything else needs to line up with that. 
But sometimes God speaks through other people and circumstances. Sometimes uh, even if people are saying things that are not true or hurtful, is that the will of God? Well, in a sense it isn't, but we can look at that as a uh, privilege to hear what God is speaking. Usually we can hear something there that can benefit us rather than reacting to it and not being able to hear anything. <clears throat> what is God trying to tell me through this situation? So meekness actually isn't that complicated, but it's very hard on the flesh. It's like giving God the reins so he can guide us, but then even taking our hands off the reins. So many times we like to give God the reins. Here, God, I want you to guide me. But we keep a hold, and every once in a while we can pull a little bit, you know, because I really don't want to go there, God. But are we willing to take our hands off? Meekness kind of has two aspects of it. Meekness toward God and meekness toward others, even though they're very interrelated. If we get the meekness toward God right, we'll probably not have a problem with meekness toward others. I have a whole list of things or ways that meekness is expressed. And I'll read the list and then I'll go over some of them because you probably won't remember Humble, lowly, reserved, modest, patient, generous, unselfish, sacrificial, forgiving, forbearing, not revengeful, unaggressive, not offended. And I suppose there could be a lot more that would be included there. As I went through that list, I had to think of uh, the chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. I think we could put meekness into some of those verses. Meekness suffereth long and is kind. Meekness envieth not. Meekness vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. So meekness is almost compared to Charity and love, isn't it? That's kind of when I started realizing this meekness thing is a big deal. Okay, the first several there, humble, lowly, reserved, and modest, kind of all fit under the same category. That would be not pushing ourselves forward like it said in 1 Corinthians 13, um, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, willing to be unnoticed. Sometimes that's just fine, and then other times we'd kind of like to be noticed. Willing to work to bless others, willing to take the low service places, and unconcerned about our rights, We have such a tendency to, well, I have a right to this. But true meekness is unconcerned about rights. Meekness is patient. 
as we remember God's patience with us, we will do the same for others. How much patience does God have with us? There is no limit to his patience. And considering the amount of times that we have, um, oh, should I say, done things that offend him, not necessarily offend, but done things that displease him. But he has patience toward us, patience and mercy. Merciful, withholding judgment from others. There's times when we get in situations where someone else has done something that is obviously out of place and we would have the right to go to that person and tell them how bad they were. But I think meekness withholds judgment. Meekness is willing to let things pass, is merciful. Meekness is also generous, unselfish, and sacrificial. That would involve giving material things. When we have an opportunity, meekness would be one to be giving things, not keeping things for ourselves. Also being uh, ready to give praise and honor to people, not only giving material things, but blessing them and lifting them up. Rejoicing in others' blessings. It says in... uh, Romans, I believe, Romans 12, rejoice with those that do rejoice and weep with those that weep. Meekness is willing to enter into others' situations. Philippians 2.4 also says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Just reaching out and thinking of other people and being sensitive to their needs. In Matthew 25, I think it is, Jesus talked about the sheep and the goats and the sheep were on the right hand and he said, come ye blessed of my father. And why were they blessed? Because they were mindful of others' needs and moved to help them. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink and on it goes. And it was just a way of life for him. And also the Sacrificing part in 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's a big sacrifice, isn't it? What are we willing to sacrifice for each other? Or are we make, trying to make sure that our needs are met and we don't work too hard, overwork ourselves for other people? How much are we willing to sacrifice? Meekness is forbearing, forgiving, and not revengeful. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Forbearing would be very slow to find fault. Kind of like we went over it before, patient, being merciful and withholding judgment. <clears throat> Slow to find fault, and if we do find a fault, willing to forgive. So there's no way there should be any problems, right? 
willing to forgive. Jesus said 490 times if necessary. Of course, that means there's no end to our forgivenesses. And oftentimes, when we need to forgive someone, it doesn't happen only one time, but we need to forgive them more than once. Even for as the remembrance comes back of what happened, forgive again, forgive again, 490 times. Replacing bitterness with kindness. That's a part of forgiving. And then the not revengeful part goes right along with that. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And the next verse, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. That's the only vengeance that we can take is putting coals of fire on his head, which is actually fire in his heart, which is burning and causing conviction. If we truly forgive, we have no desire for revenge. When someone mistreats us, it's so tempting to have just a little bit of desire for revenge. We can do ever such slight things, but it actually is based because we want them to pay. Cause them some slight difficulty that may seem unrelated, but still that's the purpose we did it because they hurt us. Maybe even just disassociating with that person, cutting off connections with them. Meekness doesn't do that. True meekness does not do that. In Matthew chapter 5, a little later on in the chapter, Jesus said, But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. That would seem completely the opposite of taking revenge. Giving them the chance to hurt us again. That sounds pretty radical. Why would we do that? If somebody has hurt us, we would at least stay out of their way so they can't hurt us again. But Jesus said, turn the other cheek also. That can get pretty practical sometimes. Meekness is unaggressive. Not trying to put ourselves out first. Jesus said, the first shall be last and the last first. He that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. That's God's order. That is what meekness does. The opposite of meekness wants to be first, wants to be the greatest, wants to be served. Like we talked about before in the business world, meek people tend to be run over. But in the end, they will inherit the earth. That's just another example of the first shall be last and the last first. Meekness is not offended. 
Is that always the case? Meekness never gets offended? <clears throat> well, there's offending is, or an offense probably can be a different, uh, different meanings put to it. Meekness does not allow hurts to make them upset or resentful. Meekness will not give in to negative reactions when they are hurt. Because meek people get hurt just like anybody else, or maybe more so. But they are able to give the hurts to God and let him take care of them. In Psalms it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So in conclusion, as I went through this, it just seemed like meekness is ruthless on the flesh. It's just totally destroys the flesh. The flesh is not allowed to have any control at all. It's as if the flesh just needs to die. It needs to get completely out of the way, and that's the truth. So it's far more than just a natural character trait. It's only, it's only able to be worked out if a person has the power of God's Spirit in his life. It's listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. So it's only what the Spirit can do within us is to make us truly meek in every situation. Now I'd like to have, as a slight exercise, try to have you think of someone that you know that is meek, that you think of as a meek person. Normally when we preach a sermon, we want you to take this all to yourself. Don't pass it off to somebody else. And I don't want you to think of people that really need to hear this sermon, someone that really needs to learn meekness. But rather, think of somebody that is meek. Think of how they live. See if you can follow their example. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it seems like there's a lot more people that would exemplify an unmeek spirit than those that truly are meek. But I think we can probably think of someone. So may the Lord bless.